So Psalm 116, Psalm 116. And this is really a, a psalm of thanksgiving from recovery from an illness. Has anyone here ever had like a really bad illness that you've recovered from? Yep. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure there's been a few of us. Sorry? Atheism. Atheism. Amen. <laughs> so, uh, and this, this is really what this psalm's about. It's a prayer of thanksgiving for recovery from illness. And I'm just going to work my way through it and just see what, what the Lord says. But, but when I come here, God always wants to encourage you guys and build you up, um, which is nice. And remember, these messages, they don't just go out to you guys. They go out to the wider church as well. Um, and uh, it starts with first verse one says, I love the Lord for he has heard the voice of my supplication. And that's kind of a weird thing to start, isn't it? That makes us, <coughs> if we're honest with ourselves, a little bit uncomfortable, don't you think? It's like, I love you, Lord, because I love you, Lord, because you gave me a lollipop the other day. I love you, Lord, because uh, you have heard the voice of my supplication. Um, but I want to think, I want to try and pose it a slightly different way. The fact that this guy's even calling upon the Lord in the first place means that he has a relationship with, all, with him already. So he's not loving God because of his benefits. He loves his God because he loves his God. But in this instance, he wants to praise him also because of his benefits. You know, we've been singing this morning, you know, we love him because of this he does for us. We love him because of that he, he, he does for us. You know, the Bible says that uh, we love him because he first loved us. And, you know, Jesus died on a cross, thanks, Kes, whilst we were still sinners, yeah? Um, and we love God because of what he's done for us. So it's okay to love God because he does stuff for you, all right? It's not a theological problem, to, paradox to deal with. It's just like, well, my God is just so kind to me. He's so generous to me. Um, he's always loving to me. He's always good to me. So why wouldn't I be thankful? Why wouldn't I love a God that, that has heard the voice of my prayers? I love the Lord because he has heard the voice of my supplication. Now, what is a supplication? A supplication is a personal prayer. Uh, you know, we all know about intercession where we pray on, on mass either together or, or individually for other things or other people. But a supplication is where you're supplicating God personally and saying, Lord, I need your help. I need you to come right now. I've got a mess that's going on in my life and I need you to sort it out. And I, and I can't do this in my own volition. I can't use my own wisdom, my own strength. But God Almighty, I need you to come down right now into this situation and help me. Because if you don't help me and you don't come into this situation, then uh, we're, all, we're all doomed, right? You know, I mean, I, I've been in a situation where literally it's a life and death situation. And I was thinking the other day, I was speaking, uh, praying, and the Holy Spirit was speaking to me saying, you know, I've saved your life on multiple occasions, especially before you were even saved. And I was like, really? When was that? And then I had to sit down. I was so overtaken with all these memories, it just started flooding in. And one of them was like, when I was a kid, my, my dad was driving down the motorway. My mum was in front of me and I was in like, we're in this like MG sports car. So the roof is just, well, you know what those roofs, but they weren't a roof, really. it was just like a piece of fabric. And we're driving down the motorway. And is this lot, we're in Scotland and, and this lorry's in front of us. So I must have been about eight and nine. And this lorry in front of us had all these big like sheets of steel and stuff. And there was this big steel hoop, probably like a, of a pipe, probably about that high. And it just come loose off the back of the lorry down the motorway and it came off and bounced and went straight up into the sky and then bounced and it was coming straight towards our car. And as, just as it was about to hit the car, it bounced and went straight over our car and then crashed into the, uh, into the hard shoulder. And God was showing me saying, 
I saved your life that day. You know, and he will show me all these other things of just how he, he has always been there for me, how he's always helped me, how he's always protected me. Now, that doesn't mean to say that we don't go through some bad stuff. We don't live this life that's all cozy, sugar-coated life, you know, where it, nothing ever goes wrong for us because we're Christians and stuff. It's not like that because we do have an enemy. I mean, that piece of sheet of steel came off the back of that lorry, not because it was an accident, it's because God, sorry, the, the enemy was trying to derail God's plans and purposes. And he does it to lots of people. But there, God, no, we're not doing that today. And, you know, and I, I've had things like encephalitis twice, um, which, is, which is fatal for a lot of people, 70% fatality rate. Uh, and those people that do survive after it normally have a lot of problems afterwards, especially motor skills and things like that, because it causes the brain to swell up and causes all kinds of problems. I had that twice. God healed me of that, tw of that twice. You know, I had, a, I had a, my, you know, you're well, well, well aware of it, my heart issue, and I died twice because of that. Both times I was dead for 20 minutes. And yet, when I came to, my mind and all my faculties all came back, you know, which in itself is, is, is a miracle. Um, and so, we've all been through some stuff, right? I'm sure you're all sat there thinking, yeah, I've got my own story to tell, you know. And I love the Lord's, because he has heard the voice of my supplication. There have been, there have been times in my life, I remember, I remember in the hospital uh, the last time, where I was, <laughs> you know, it all, I always find it amusing, if people have got heart problems, things that they do, I remember once when I was in hospital with encephalitis, I had this like, little games machine, and it's not funny really, but it kind of is, but it isn't. And so there was a guy opposite me, he was suffering from cardiac arrest, and afterwards he's like, oh, can I have a go in your games machine? And so he's playing, he's going, ah, you stupid, ah, and he's going, oh, 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 nurse, oh, oh. And he's getting like pains in his heart, and it's like, mate, put the machine down. And so there was me in my hospital recently, however long it was, about a year ago, a year and a half ago, and I was like typing something on Facebook, hit send, and of course it was a bit of a stressful post, and my heart just went, and went into VT, so I went up to 200 BPM and all that kind of stuff, and, uh, and then my, I have a box inside of me, that gave me four shocks, I had all the nurses running in to get to me, they had that big crash cart and everything, I was like, man, you are not putting that thing on me, I've seen enough of those programs, like casualty, like, it's like, that does not look fun. You're not doing that to me. And I shouted out at the nurses. I said, because nothing was working. I was like, will you pray? Somebody please pray. I just yelled it out. And I could sense this really awkward feeling in the room, you know. Um, but half of the room were Christians. I had like a lot of these Filipino nurses and stuff. And they were all, they were all Christians. And uh, under their breath, they were praying for me. And immediately as I told them to pray, the heart machine went did, 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 right back down to a normal heartbeat instantly. Yeah, it was because I mean this thing, it was just giving me a shock to try and get my heart back to rhythm. It wouldn't go back into rhythm, but it was prayer in that hospital room. And everyone saw it and everybody witnessed it. As soon as I, as I said pray, immediately the machine was saying my heart was doing 230 BPM came right back down to, you know, 85 or 65, whatever it was. And everyone saw that in the room. I love the Lord. <laughs> because he had heard the voice of my supplication. Jesus, please. It says in Acts chapter four, he who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
Oh, but that just means born again. No, it means saved. If you're in a difficult situation, call upon the Lord and he will save you. You know, I've watched those 999 programs and I remember one episode where the guy was upside down in his car, his son was in the back of the car and they were in a stream and it was the car was filling up with water and he was desperately trying to undo the seatbelt and it just wouldn't work. And he just said, you know, in that moment I just said, oh God, help me. And suddenly the seatbelt came loose and the kid got out and we all got away to safety. Otherwise my son would have drowned. And he didn't realise probably what he was saying there, but he called upon the name of the Lord and the Lord rescued him. And church, we need to be a people that need to start calling upon our Lord. You know, it, sometimes we do anything but, don't we? Um, well, I've got this situation going on in my life. I'll, I'll call a friend. I'll call someone in the family. Uh, I'll call a pastor. I'll call a priest. I'll call this person. I'll call that person. It's like, well, actually, your first port of call should be get on your knees and pray. Amen. If you just pray, man, and then we can do all the other stuff if you need to. But let's just start with prayer. Pray first. Pray first. Pray first. And verse 2 it says, Because he has inclined his ear to hear me. What that means is, is that he already has his ear inclined to you. Not because he inclined his ear to you, because he has already. You can see, you and I have a high priest who is Jesus. And he is up there right now. People say, I don't need an intermediary, blah, 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 blah. Well, you've got one, whether you like it or not. And his name is Jesus, and he is your high priest, and he is mediating on behalf of you and the Father right now through his Holy Spirit that every prayer, every intercession, every supplication, every praise, every adoration is going through him and is going to the Father. And his ears are inclined to your prayers. He's there already attentive, already listening, already just there all the time. Fortunately for us, God is omnipresent. Has anyone seen that film, Bruce Almighty? And he's trying to deal with all those prayer requests. He says, Lord, put the prayer request in post-it notes. And the whole room just completely fills with post-it notes. He just can't cope with it. Because the reality is, he's not omnipresent. He's just one guy. He can't deal with it. But our God can. That's why he's God. That's why he gets the job and we don't. Because he has inclined his ear to hear me. That should be really encouraging for us. You sometimes you might think, well, I, I don't feel like God is listening to me at all. I feel like I'm in this dark night of my soul and I'm praying and it's just bouncing off the, off the ceiling. Well, it doesn't matter what you feel. How could you, how could you know possibly that your prayers are hitting the ceiling and bouncing? How could you possibly know that? How could you even feel that? How could you feel that your prayers have gone up into heaven? How would you know? Because it's not by feelings, it's by faith. And you call upon, it says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Therefore, I know by faith that if I call upon the name of the Lord, he will be here. You see, in the Old Testament, in ancient days, if you knew somebody's name, you had power to call upon that name. And so when God says to Moses, and God, Moses says, who are you? Who are you? Who, who is it that you're sending? Yeah, I know you're sending me to my people, but who are you? What shall I say? Who, whom has sent me? And he says, I am what I am. And he says, tell them that Jehovah has sent you. In other words, God revealed his divine name so that you can call upon that name and invoke that name when you need his help. Because God has made covenant with his people. And the nature of this covenant is, it's a complicated term, but suzerainty vassal covenant, which means that he's this big powerful entity. You are very weak and small and pretty nothing really much to moan about, but he has chosen nevertheless to make a covenant with us. And that means by decree of that covenant that if you call upon the name of the Lord of hosts of heaven's armies, 
He will come to your aid when you call upon his name. That's why it's so profane to use the Lord's name in vain, because when you call on that name, his presence is immediately there. How can I help you? I'm here to assist you. You have invoked my name. I am here for you. What is it you want? Oh, you just took my name in vain. Because the scriptural commandment is those that call upon the name, the Lord, he shall save them. In other words, he will be there instantly that we call upon the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Because he's inclined his ear to me, I will call upon him as long as I live. In other words, you have this, um, I watched this program called Blue Bloods. I don't know if anyone's ever seen it. It's about this uh, Catholic cop family. It's really good. It's actually quite a wholesome program to watch, I guess. And um, and, and sometimes these police officers give out this uh, courtesy card that if you get yourself into a little bit of trouble, that you get a direct line to this particular cop and, and they'll come out and they'll drive out and they'll help you and sort you out, even if you've got yourself into a little bit of trouble, okay, like, like with the law and stuff. Uh, but you all have a courtesy card. Every one of you here has got the courtesy card of the Lord of Heaven's armies. It's like right there and you just bring it out and you just dial that number and you just call, oh Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, you call on that name and he will be there to help you. But sometimes he seems to take a long time. <laughs> and sometimes he's there instantly. Why is he there instantly sometimes and sometimes he seems to take his time? It's called the 59 minute, 59 second syndrome. It comes right at the the moment of importance. Exactly. He needs, you get the prayer answered when you need it to be answered. So for example, when I called out on the Lord in the hospital and asked everyone to pray, I mean, I was going to die. So it was like, well, if I don't do it now, it'll be in glory. So he had to come and do it right there and then. There've been other times in my life where I've prayed and it's like, okay, so we're going through some stuff. This is good because this is a place where I can mold your personality and your character to deal with some stuff. So let's use this awful, difficult situation to make you more malleable so I can use you and I can make, melt you, mold you, shape you and make you into actually an, a half-decent human being. And I will answer your prayer, but when I'm good and ready to answer your prayer. Because God is our deliverer, which means he takes us from one place to another. But sometimes, you know, like yesterday, we called up some delivery company to deliver some food to us where we just come back, me and my wife just come back from a little trip away. And they were like, I don't know, half an hour late. It's like, well, you're supposed to be a delivery company. You're, you're, you're always late. But sometimes God is late as well. God is just like, takes his time. It's like, I, I dialed you up like about, I put it on my app. I dialed your help here like about, you know, uh, quite a few, a few hours ago. And, and where are you, God? What's going on around here? And it's like, and then you get the... You're sure it's cold, mate. Um, you know, at the door. It's, but God is always there when he, you need him to be there. And he won't be there a second before. But you must also remember that whilst you're waiting, that the omnipresent God is with you and he won't fail you and he won't forsake you and he is there right with you. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil for, thy, for you are with me and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. In other words, God is in the mire with us. God's in the muck with us. And he might not be delivering you right there and then, but he's with you with his presence. Amen. Always with you. <coughs> I, I, you know, I think God gets a really bad rap. Yeah. I mean, now people are, I'm angry at God because this. This is Christians. I'm talking about Christians. I, the world, they, you know, they just don't know. But Christians, you know, when the Christians get mad at God, it's like some people are just so angry at him all the time. And it's like, and this is a funny thing to say, but sometimes 
to help you get over that, sometimes you have to say, God, I forgive you. Not that he needs your forgiveness, but you need to forgive him so that it releases you um, from that bondage that you've locked yourself into. And it is a scriptural principle because sometimes we can get ourselves into such a place of anger and, uh, and, and that we just, we just bind ourselves up. And, and when we do that, we lose our, we lose our joy. You know, the king says in uh, Romans 14 that the, the kingdom of heaven is righteousness, peace and joy. Yeah? Now, but, but sometimes life is difficult. Life is hard. But God wants to give you his joy. And you can still have joy even in that dark situation. You know, he hasn't given us, um, what was that about? He's given us garments of praise, not garments to mourn in. You know, he's, he wants us to be a joyous people, a rejoicing people. But he also wants you to know that he loves you and he won't leave you. And, and, and I keep saying this, he won't fail you or forsake you. Jesus says in the Great Commission, he says, Lo, I am with you even to the end of the age. Okay, now, don't, don't what age you're at, but he's with you to the end of your age. Okay, so even when you're like 99 and you go to glory, you go to be with him all the time. And I know end of the age means to the end of the world, but I'm just saying that he's with you to the end of your age as well. He's with you all of the time. And with that should come a wisdom. You know, I'm 50 now. And no, no way. way. Right now, when I when I was 30, I nearly bawled my eyes out because I was going from 20 to 30. It's like, what has become of me? I've done nothing with my life. I'm such a loser. Right? I was so so driven by the need to be something or want to do something that it was it was awful. Then I hit 40, and uh, you know, that wasn't too bad. But when I hit 50, it was like. Oh, now we've now we've gone up to the top of the hill and then we're coming down again. And now it's like I can feel like, you know, I, I've, I've just come to a, a relaxation in God now. I finally feel like I've come of age in things and I've got a lot of growing to do. But there, there's there's that peace and stuff in that. And I just I just now am much more relaxed and a little bit, I'd like to say, I hope to say a bit more mature in God than I was when I was 30. Well, I know when I was 13, 40. And there's a, there's a comfort in that as well, because my God has consistently come through to me so many times. It says in Psalm 91, it says, your faithfulness is a shield and a bulwark to me. What does that mean? It means that God has been faithful to you so many times that, that, that you can hold that shield and go, well, he's done it for me 99 times in the past. Why shouldn't he do it for me this hundredth time? He'll always keep coming through for you. Always. You know, when that shield is getting hit, 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 hit by all this stuff that's coming at you, God is there for you. He'll protect for you protect you so I'll call on him as long as I live so make sure you use that courtesy card all right don't use every other card you know don't trust in chariots and don't run to Egypt for your help <laughs> break out the courtesy card and call upon the name of the Lord hallelujah and like this, when the cords of death entangled me the snares of the grave laid hold of me when affliction got the better of me you know, the first time I died, I remember coming out of a coma and I literally felt myself coming out of the belly of the earth, clambering my way up with all these demons coming after me, trying to pull me back down. And so I know what it feels like to be entangled by, by the snares of death. I know what it feels like to come out of that dark place where, where the enemy is trying to wrestle your soul, trying to kill you so that you will die. I've been in that place. I know what it feels like when the cords of death entangle you. And the snares of the grave laid hold of you. I know what it feels like, that darkness, that horribleness, that, that deep sense of death. 
that, that is upon you, that you're facing right there in your face. I know what it fa feels like. And I know what it feels like when it says here, when affliction got the better of me. In verse four, I called upon the name of the Lord. Oh, Lord, save my life. <laughs> now, the first time I died, I didn't really have a chance to pray that because I was already dead before I even realised what had happened to me because I was dead, right? So I had, I had my wife and I had, I had literally thousands and thousands and thousands of people all around the world, actually, uh, not because I'm so amazing, but just because it just got sent out there and it just got picked up by so many people that all these churches, all these church leaders prayed that I would be saved. All the church leaders, they all said the same thing. You know, we were, we felt that, we just felt angry. We felt angry that this had happened. And we, but we also sensed, we knew with absolute assurance that even though you were dead, you were somehow going to be okay. I was like, well, that's, that's a relief. <laughs> so all those people, they called upon the Lord to save my life. And gracious and righteous is the Lord, full of compassion is our God. Why did God answer those prayers? Was it because the saints were so righteous or I was such a good egg to save uh, or I was so important or, or because of the tears of my wife? Why, was, why ultimately at the end of the day was it that I got saved from death twice or th four times, five times, six, probably like 10, 11, 10, 11 times I've been saved from death? Why is that? Because verse 5 says, says the answer, gracious and righteous is the Lord, full of compassion is our God. It's not because you and I are so awesome. It's not because somebody, well, I prayed by faith, but she didn't. No, it's because of the kindness and the goodness and the compassion of the living God who heard those prayers and answered it. So you always remember that. Always remember, even if you are operating by faith, well, good for you because you just did the bare minimum that a Christian should be doing anyway. So you don't want to get a gold star for that. So you've been praying in faith, good for you, but it's the love and the kindness and the long suffering of God that, that came to your rescue. You know, I see these statements saying, it's faith that moves mountains. No, it's faith that moves God that moves mountains. It's God that moved the mountain, not your faith, because then that, look, look at me, I moved the mountain because of my faith. No, it's God that moved the mountain, but he just used you, vessel of clay, to bring about his plans and purposes. And it's always good to remember that. Sorry for whacking the, the, uh, the thing now, I hope it's, hope it's okay. Um, but it's just sometimes we, 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 we as charismatics, we, we sometimes think that the onus is on us for everything. I just didn't have enough faith. And I know faith is important, but sometimes I just didn't have enough faith. And maybe I should have done this more. Maybe I could have done that more. And, and this, that and the other. And it's like, did you do the best you could? Yes. Well, that's all you can do. What about when God seemingly doesn't answer prayers? Let's be honest. If we're going to go there. I remember we had a, a lady at Fairham called Rosemary, the keyboard player, and she, she went into hospital just for a simple operation, but it ended up turning into a nightmare. Um, I mean, she was asleep through the whole thing, so she wasn't in, she wasn't in pain or anything. But it was so bad um, that it basically looked like she was going to die. And so we had this big prayer meeting praying for her, but I just felt this Lord gave me this scripture, which was when David, you know, when um, Bathsheba had that child, was really, was born in, out of an illegitimate relationship. Um, and it said David just prayed for that child and fasted for that child. Uh, but then as soon as it had died, it was like, well, we've done all we can do. You know, and he got up and washed himself. And I just felt that was the scripture. And I said to everyone, I said, look, you've got to understand, this is what I feel God is saying. You've got to pray like your life depended on it. But if it doesn't get answered, then you've done well. Yeah. You've done your job. You have prayed. You have interceded. You have done everything you can do as priests before God. 
But you don't know what's going on with Rosemary and Jesus, you know, when that conversation's going on. We don't know what's going on up there. We don't necessarily always understand the will of God in this. But sometimes we just have to do our bit. And it's like, well, I prayed my best. I, I did everything that I could. And sometimes God might want not answer the prayer the way you'd like it to be answered because he has other plans. And sometimes we get angry at God for that because, oh, but he didn't answer my prayers. And that can knock your faith a bit. It can be like, well, he, he, he didn't answer my prayers. So now I'm not sure if I should even bother praying for that again because last time I prayed for that, someone died on me. And it's like, there's a place of maturity here in that you've just got to do the best you can do. And if you know, well, I, I gave it my best shot. I prayed, man, I prayed like my life depended on it. And you know you prayed like that, then you've done well. And you can say, well, I've done my bit. I did the best I could. We all prayed together. We gave it our best shot. And it wasn't, it wasn't God's will. So, you know, that we did the best we can. But, but don't get angry at God for things like that. Because God is bigger than us. He's way bigger than us. You know, we, 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 don't, even, we don't even see what's going to happen at the end of today. God sees all of time. As, he sees everything, the beginning and the end. He knows every decision you're ever going to make with your free will. And sometimes he has to intervene in your free will so you don't do something stupid and kill yourself, actually. But he knows the beginning from the end. But we don't know anything. I'm reminded of this man, and I'll finish with this, who, who wanted to understand, he was like a very contemplative man. He wanted to understand the mysteries of the universe with God. So he's walking through God and he's like, God, tell me all about the meaning of a man. And God was like, no, you'd never be able to comprehend the fullness of the mystery of my plans and purposes for man. Uh, and he went through all these things and eventually it was a tree. It was next to a peanut plant of some kind. So he said, what about these trees? And God said, no, even trees, you could never fathom the fullness of my understanding in a tree. And he was like, what about that peanut? Yeah, I can teach you some stuff about a peanut. And he was the man that came up with all these different variations of like dry roasted peanuts, ready salted peanuts, salt and vinegar peanuts and stuff. Uh, it was a Christian, it was a long time ago. Um, and that just gives you an idea if all he could basically figure out <laughs> was a peanut. <laughs> And we get angry because God didn't answer our prayer sometimes. Maybe we should actually concede and say, Lord, you know, I'm sorry. I, I, I don't see the bigger picture here. And Lord, I, I, I trust in you and I believe in you. And I know that whatever, even out of this dire situation, Lord God, we all prayed hard and we gave it our best. That Lord, we just trust you that even in this mess, you're going to turn this around and you're going to make this good somehow. Because sometimes in our deepest, darkest most despairing moments. Some wonderful things can happen there. But you know, hindsight is a beautiful thing, but sometimes things only look clearer in the rear view mirror. They don't look clearer through the windscreen. Our windscreen's got hailstones and stuff coming at it. You can't see, you just can't see virtually barely where you're going. But then when you look in the rear view mirror, you can see clearly where you've been coming from. And you can clearly see that God and angels are directing at your footpaths. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord God, that you are a good God. You're a powerful God and you are an all wise God. And Lord, I pray that you help us, Lord Jesus, to remember that you're always with us. I pray you'll help us to call upon the courtesy card, Lord Jesus, and call upon your name, 
Lord God. And I pray also that, Lord, even in times of desperation, when things don't seem to be going our way, Lord God, I pray, Lord God, that we have the humility to trust you in all, in all things, Lord God, even if the answer to our prayer is not what we asked for. And Lord, we just trust you and thank you for your goodness and your kindness towards us. And even in all of this, Lord, we always never forget Thank you that you so loved us that you sent your son to die on a cross to save us from our sins. And let us not forget that without that, everything else is meaningless. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.